Welcome to the Light on Being podcast. I am the host, Claire Zavko. The Light on Being podcast is dedicated to growth and transformation through conscious talks and conversation. It is time to remember our value, step into our wholeness, and live life fully. Join me monthly on every full moon for practical techniques, radical insight, and conversations with entrepreneurs, teachers, healers, and spiritual leaders. I'm excited. Let's get started. Welcome. I'm here in Sedona, Arizona. Our semester at the university recently ended, and our spring five-month, 300-hour teacher training at the studio just was completed as well. So it felt really relevant to come out here to Sedona for some space, a lot of nature, and a lot of silence to really check in, re-plug in, re-evaluate, and, and simply be during this time. We'll start with our mindful minute. I invite you that as long as you're not driving to really pause, close your eyes, come to stillness, and simply settle wherever you are. If you're able to sit down, that is the easiest. Take a moment to notice the parts of your body that are touching the ground, chair, seat beneath you. And press into those points to allow the spine to lengthen. Let the crown of the head lift. And feel your connection of your feet or sides of the legs, ankles in contact with the floor. Feel the stability of the floor, ground, or earth. Notice your lower legs, lower body. Notice your spine, belly, upper body. Relax the shoulders, relax the arms, fingers. Soften the face, the jaw, the eyes, and the forehead. Whatever has or hasn't happened today or this week, release it as you slowly take a breath in. Exhale it out. Two more conscious breaths on your own. Allow your senses to heighten. Notice any internal sounds in this moment. Any external sounds. Notice all the way to the most far off sound you can hear in the distance. Notice any scent, any smell. 
Swipe your tongue across your teeth, notice any taste. And even though the eyes are closed, notice if you're able to see anything internally. Notice what you can see. Notice where your hands are placed. What does it feel like this moment in your hands and your body, your clothing on your skin? Notice the temperature of where you are. And notice any light. And when you're ready, gently open your eyes and come into this space. The last month, I took an episode off of the podcast, not necessarily intentionally, but I ended up focusing my time on writing. And I had the opportunity this past two months to write a chapter for an upcoming book that's coming out on June 8th. I'm honored to be a part of this book that is called Awakening the Divine Feminine, 18 Stories of Healing, Inspiration, and Empowerment. And as I was moving through this experience of writing, I quickly noticed that speaking comes a lot more natural to me. And at this point, through all the the teaching I've done in the studio, at the university, many speaking engagements over the years, over the past 10 years, and whatnot, There's a naturalness in speaking, and when I speak, there's not much thought involved. Um, You know, there's more of a trust, and I simply go for it. But in this case, as I was writing this chapter, what I started to experience was a little more of a challenge. And the flow that I experienced in speaking was not there or not happening when I was practicing and attempting to write. And as I witnessed this experience of writing a chapter, um, a lot came up and I got the opportunity to kind of see, see some of my patterns, see some of my tendencies and to notice why, you know, why am I kind of feeling this struggle, this challenge, this blockage related to writing. And one of the things that came up was something called the negativity bias. And that's what I want to dig in today, dig into today. And so this is something that science has studied for a long time and has really looked into what this is and why this happens. And essentially what it is, is it's a mechanism of our brain. Remembering that the brain is essentially like hardware and then our mind which includes our thoughts and our memories and consciousness flows through the brain. The brain is not the generator of the mind and thoughts and consciousness, but it's simply the hardware, the the radio per se, where the mind can flow through. And with the negativity bias, which is part of the nature of the brain, what that means is that the brain actually gives different weight to different types of thoughts. 
So science has shown that not every thought that comes through the brain is cataloged or given the same value. And that the negativity bias actually shows that when thoughts come through, experiences come through, memories come through, if they are of a negative nature, such as an unpleasant thought, unpleasant emotions, social interactions that didn't go well, or even harmful or traumatic events, those things have a greater effect on one state. And those things have a greater effect than if someone just has a neutral thought or a neutral experience or even a positive thought or a positive experience. So this negativity bias is the nature of the brain where the brain says, okay, here's a negative thought. I'm going to note that and I'm going to give it a lot of intensity. There's going to be a lot of neurons firing in that moment to handle that perceived negative situation. And the technical definition of the negativity bias is where we attend to, we learn from, and we use the negative information far more than positive information. So you can kind of look at it where the brain is a little asymmetrical depending on the content, the thoughts, the memories, the consciousness that's flowing through the brain. So for example, you may have experienced where let's say you have a relationship with someone. Could be a friendly friend relationship, could be an intimate relationship. And you have many, many hundreds of incredible memories with that person. Maybe for weeks, months, years. And then suddenly something happens. That person does something. They do something that you perceive as negative, wrong, bad, etc. And now when you look back at that person or you look back at that relationship, somehow those hundreds of wonderful memories aren't really there and they're not coming to mind. But that one thing that they did really sticks out so much that it's hard to forgive them. So much that you can't even see that person in the same way. That's the negativity bias. Where one memory can now have more power, can now have more strength than all those hundreds upon hundreds of memories that were so great. And this negativity bias can show up in the way we think about people, events, the way we even talk to ourselves. So back to the writing, you know, what I started experience as I'm attempting to put the pen to the paper or in these, this day and age, more like the, uh, the fingers to the keyboard, as I'm attempting to write, these thoughts are coming up of, I'm not a good writer. And does this even make sense? And, and why, am, why can't the writing just flow? All these thoughts are negative thoughts. They're not helping or supporting me go where I want to go, which is complete this chapter. And because of this negativity bias, they're like prominent. They're prominent in my consciousness. So it, it really took me the time to like, to, to see this, to see these thoughts that are impacting. And because I'm thinking these thoughts 
and my brain is automatically giving these thoughts more weight. Now it's really stalling me and blocking me in the moment from what it is I seek to do. So it's really useful to look at when one is evolving and growing and seeking to be their greatest. It's really relevant to look at, you know, where does this show up and how is it showing up? And how is this negativity bias holding me back from life, from the yearnings of my heart, from the things I'm committed to, the things I seek to create, the ways I seek to live? And, you know, when I first learned about the negativity bias, the first question in my mind was, why? Like, why does this even exist? Why would the brain not treat every thought as equal? And then it could just be more like a quota system, like, all right, I have 100 positive thoughts, have a couple negative thoughts. Those don't really matter. I can see them, I can acknowledge them, move through them, but all those positive thoughts are still going to be there and outweigh these negative thoughts. Well, it doesn't work that way. And the reason why, the why behind this is, this was relevant back when humans were in more of a survival mode when humans were living in nature, when humans were living in caves. It was relevant to have this because if there was a intense, a traumatic event, a animal, if there was something that was threatening a human's safety, immediately now the brain would catalog that as, as like a flag. Like this needs to be attended to now because if it's not attended to now, your life's on the line. So this bias is there as a safety mechanism. There's nothing wrong with it. And it has served humanity for thousands upon thousands of years to survive, to protect oneself, protect one's family, protect one's community. And it's very relevant. But now though, here we are in 2021 in our beautiful houses, with our cars, with all our luxuries of modern day living. And in that, it's still relevant to to protect us in those moments when we do need to be prepared for fight or flight. However, though, when this negativity bias is dominating our consciousness, what it easily leads to is actually anxiety. And prolonged anxiety over time can lead to depression. So... To move through this negativity bias, we must take a look at it. That to move through anything, we have to just look at it. That if we want to overcome this, if we want to overcome any fear, the way to do it is we have to actually look. We have to face it. And the, the science has studied this bias a lot, and even in relation to relationships. And they studied many relationships over a period of time. And they looked at between a couple, how many interactions in a day are positive and how many are negative. And they analyzed the couple just on positive interactions and negative interactions. 
and they came up with a ratio. And they said that if your ratio is five positive interactions for every one negative interaction, this is a relationship that's going to be successful. This is a relationship that's going to transcend the negativity bias. Whereas if for every negative, every argument one has with their partner is only matched by one positive experience, these relationships weren't successful and weren't working out long term. So, so interesting that in the case of relationships, they found that five to one multiplier of of having those positive experiences to outweigh how much power is naturally given by the brain to the negative experience. So with this negativity bias, it can make one look at the world through this like pessimistic lens. It can really create fear and continue to create more fear, which is just going to lead to more and more suffering. So in my experience, as I moved through these writing challenges, I had to take a moment and shift. First, I had to see like, what are my inner thoughts about this and, and how am I restricting the flow in this form of writing? And then as I noticed that, I had to intentionally grab onto new thoughts that are going to support what I'm creating. So I had to really adopt the new thoughts. All right, I am a writer. I am writing. I have the ability to flow if I allow myself. And I had to intentionally focus here because without that intentional focus, the default focus was, I'm not a good writer. How am I ever going to do this? Does this make sense? Is anybody going to want to read this? On and on and on. So in moving through a neg- negativity bias, there's, there's multiple aspects to attend to. One is looking at thoughts. How can you replace with evolutionary thoughts? You know, and another aspect too is complete transcendence of thought, of realizing when we're in thought and when we're in thought, the negativity bias is there. So at first it may be relevant to create positive thoughts. And then beyond that, it's possible to actually transcend thought. And one way to transcend thought is the meditation practice, a daily meditation practice. So during this time, this was definitely something I really leaned on and not only had the morning meditation practice, but had to add in some additional meditations before I'd start writing. And then I'd have to even meditate for my own sanity after I completed writing so that I wouldn't default to judging myself. So I wouldn't default to finding all the errors in my writing, but instead honoring what I did do, honoring that I took the step, honoring that I stuck with the process. So meditation is very supportive to move beyond that state of endless monkey mind thinking with a negative bias. That remembering in any situation there is actually always more going well than what's going wrong. 
But when that one thing goes wrong, there's that natural red flag of the brain. More neurons are firing in that moment. Danger, danger. But as we remember and look at a moment, an experience, life itself, if we look at it with a broader perspective, we can always see there's more going well. You know, and this plays out with the news too. The news, all the media, the news channels, what do they do? They report the negative stuff, which then fires up all our neurons. And then suddenly, like, we're all stressed out after watching 10 minutes or an hour of the news. But remember, that's just what's being reported. Outside of what's being reported on all those media outlets are incredible things. Like right now in this challenging time, and particularly what's coming to mind is in India, in this challenging time in India, which I care, care near and dearly about, there's amazing things. People are stepping up to serve. Our community of yogis across the U.S. and world have came together, raised over $50,000, sent 23 oxygen concentrators to India, and Sattva Yoga Academy is distributing food to all the local villages and supporting the whole community. This isn't reported in the news, though. You can't find that story on CNN. But it's evidence of always more is going well. Amazing things are happening. It's just not being reported. It's not part of the negativity bias. And it's just not necessarily being seen. So remember that, that this beautiful grace is always here. And can you be available to the grace that's always here? in every moment. So I invite you in this moment to take out a paper and pen and we'll pose a few questions to explore this a little further. Feel free to stop the recording if needed. So the first question, what areas of your life do you see the negativity bias impacting you. Take a moment to focus on an area or multiple areas and write them down. Second, in that area or areas, what specific thoughts, doubts, or worries replay itself again and again to your detriment? Third, what if you replace those thoughts with relevant, supportive, evolutionary thoughts? What would those thoughts be? So I really invite you to be aware of this, that it's so relevant that we understand how our brain works as the brain is again that hardware that if if the hardware isn't working properly no matter what's going on in our mind there's going to be a disconnect what's going on in our mind to our expression in the world is not going to be a clear channel so it's relevant that our brain is balanced that our brain is harmonized that our brain is firing the neurons properly that we're rewiring our brain 
through neuroplasticity. And which this is why the yoga practice, the integrated yoga practice that we share with the studio is so relevant because what's happening is we are actually rewiring our brain one meditation at a time, one breath at a time, one kriya at a time, which is now going to allow the mind to be able to flow through at a higher state of consciousness with more ease. And so this is what happens as we grow, as we learn, as we evolve, as we expand our consciousness, there's going to be a correlate on the brain. There's going to be more right-left harmony within our brain, more unity within our brain. So as we understand the negativity bias, we now have the ability to see it. We have the ability to look for it. And once we understand and have this capacity, we now can make relevant present moment shifts to avoid future suffering. And remember, as the yogis say, that all future suffering shall be avoided at all costs. All future suffering should be avoided at all costs. Thank you for listening to the Light on Being podcast. Like all things in time, this is an evolving living thing as we discover our wholeness and light together. I'm excited that you're along for the journey and I would love to connect with you. You can reach out to me on Instagram at Light on Being. Send me a message with any comments or questions and they may be addressed on an upcoming episode. If you enjoyed today's podcast, the highest compliment that one can give is to share the episode with a friend or leave a review. Make sure to look up at the full moon and see her bright, radiant light. She is fully being.